Hello, Mike Baxter here with Strategy Distilled for January 2024. And I want to lead off by talking about overcoming the complexity of strategy. A good strategy, of course, is strikingly simple. It gives a simple imperative that can readily be seen to make sense and to be adopted as a guiding principle for decision-making and action across the organisation. This simplicity, however, is hard won. As I'll explain in a moment, strategy exists in a world of complexity and ultimately must triumph over that complexity. Good processes for both developing strategy and securing its adoption are therefore complexity modulators. They provide ways firstly to reduce complexity and secondly to navigate the remaining complexity. Let's begin with a refresher on this thing that we're calling complexity. A complex system is one with many component parts and many interdependencies between those parts. These interdependencies may be non-linear, contain feedback loops and adapt over time, resulting in complex systems giving different outputs from the same inputs. This makes unpredictability a defining feature of complex systems. By contrast, a merely complicated system, while intricate and perhaps difficult to understand at first, behaves in a predictable manner. Once its components and their interactions are fully understood, the system's outcomes follow a consistent pattern, making them predictable and more readily managed. A mechanical clock, for example, is a good example of a complicated system. It's a precision instrument with gears, springs and a pendulum, all working in a predictable fixed pattern. Each part has a specific unchanging role and the clock's functionality based on mechanical principles remains constant over time. By contrast, a modern smartwatch is a dynamic adaptive system. It integrates sensors, software and connectivity to interact with a broader technological ecosystem. It learns from user behavior, adapts to new information like health data from the user or data downloaded into an app. And it evolves over time with software updates. This adaptability, interconnectivity and capacity for continuous change make a smartwatch a complex system. Now, there are four reasons why strategy is complex. Number one, Strategy is about orchestrating change. It sets out to bring about a transformational outcome by means of a multitude of interacting actions by different people and teams. Getting alignment in pursuit of strategy requires navigating the complexity of organizational cultures, structures and politics, as well as differing, sometimes opposed, stakeholder interests. Number two. As strategy runs its course, markets evolve, technologies advance and political and economic climates change, often in unforeseen ways. Dynamic changes in the external environment around the organisation are a significant contributor to strategic complexity. Number three, strategic decisions are frequently made under conditions of uncertainty and ambiguity. We may not know precisely where we are 
at the start of strategy and we may not be able to accurately define our strategic destination. We may not know which actions will be most impactful and we probably won't fully appreciate how success or failure in one aspect of strategy will influence progress in another part. Number four, strategy's complexity is magnified by the challenge of forecasting and preparing for a distant future. Long-term planning must contend with unpredictable shifts and the need for adaptability over time, making the strategic pursuit of future goals a complex endeavour. For many in senior leadership roles, explanations of the complexity of strategy like this can be overwhelming. Here then are three ways a good strategist will reduce this level of complexity, followed by three ways of navigating the remaining complexity. So let's start with reducing the complexity about, around strategy and the first way to do so is to start with strategy scoping. Strategy is one of those things that everybody thinks they know about. We all have strategies. A health strategy to make us run and go to the gym. A sleep strategy aims to ensure a good eight hours a night. A work-life balance strategy stops you answering your boss's emails at 11pm. Yet strategy is a classic knowledge illusion. It's only when we get into the detail of how we should go about developing one or getting adopted that we realise how little we really understand. Strategy scoping addresses this knowledge illusion head on. It asks why we need a strategy. What will be the difference after the strategy has run its course compared to right now? It explores practical questions like how long our strategy should last, one year or ten? What will it look like when it's written? A 20-page essay or a single side of A4? Ideally, strategy scoping should end up with a checklist of good strategy criteria that you can use to check if your strategy once written is good enough. By scoping a strategy before its development starts, what, would, what was once boundless and different in everybody's mind becomes bounded and agreed upon and that's a great complexity reducer. The second way to reduce the complexity of strategy is to separate strategy from strategic planning. There is a conundrum at the heart of strategy that, if not addressed, can provoke many hours of debate and confusion among a great many people. How can strategy remain the constant guiding North Star it is meant to be whilst adapting to changing circumstances. Surely it needs to be one or the other. Well, it can be both if we separate strategy from strategic planning. Strategy is designed to remain the same throughout the lifespan of that strategy and to provide this constant long-term North Star guiding the decisions and actions of everyone in the organisation. Strategy should be the handful of high-level changes the organisation intends to pursue even in the face of radical changes in circumstances. Strategic plans, on the other hand, are designed to change from the moment they are written. They not only define how the higher-level strategic goals are to be pursued, but they also enable strategic agility. They have built into them the sense-decide-act cycle, 
that steers the organization onto new courses to follow. All such new courses, however, remain in dogged pursuit of the handful of goals set out in the strategy. And again, we have just made strategy a bit less complex. The third way to reduce the complexity of strategy is to separate strategy from business as usual. This may sound simple and obvious, but turns out in practice to be remarkably powerful as a complexity reducer. Business as usual is what your organization does now. It is your standard operating procedures and your established ways of working. It is shaped by your organizational structure, your management and governance processes and your culture. By contrast, strategy defines how this business as usual needs to change and explains why. Strategy and business as usual are therefore very different things. Obviously, for a strategy to succeed it must be underpinned by a lot of business as usual that not only needs to keep working but also needs to do so effectively and efficiently. But this is no reason to clutter strategy up with lots of things that are actually part of business as usual. So a great discipline while writing a strategy is to ask whether what you've just written is actually part of business as usual. If the answer is yes, delete it from your strategy. By this point, we've reduced the complexity of strategy a lot. We've placed boundaries around it and ensured a common understanding of what our new strategy aims to achieve within our organization. We have stripped strategy of business as usual and of strategic planning. Strategy is now a handful of high-level goals to introduce change to the organization that will make it fitter for the future. Despite this reduction of complexity of strategy, there's still plenty more complexity that remains to be navigated. And here are three ways to do that navigating remaining complexity. The first way is to decide on destination or path. It's become commonplace for strategy to be referred to as the pursuit of a destination or path. What is less well understood is that this, this destination or path issue is not just a manner of speech, it's a critical decision that needs to be taken during strategy development. To commit to a destination is to commit to a specified end state. It articulates clearly what outcome the strategy will have brought about. A path, by contrast, is all about the route we will pursue. It leaves the destination unspecified. Another way of thinking about this is, firstly, strategy as imperative. An imperative is an authoritative command that deems something essential. Or, secondly, strategy as hypothesis. A hypothesis is a proposed explanation made on the basis of limited evidence as a starting point for further investigation. In some circumstances, we can be confident and assertive about where we want our strategy to take us. We want to gain market leadership. We want to hit a particular sales target or profit threshold or return to shareholders. Here, strategy as imperative is the way forward. In other circumstances, it might be best for us to concede humility and admit we don't know where our strategy will end up, although we do know which direction to pursue. We may, we may seek to be more innovative by diversifying our workforce, or we may commit 
to embracing generative AI to boost the productivity of our content creators. In which case, strategy as hypothesis is the way forward. This destination or path decision can apply to the strategy overall. The overarching goal of the entire strategy may be described in terms of either destination or path, or to elements of the strategy. Indeed, I would often argue that a good strategy has a mix of imperatives and hypotheses within it. The second way to navigate the complexity of strategy is to keep strategy well informed. A shortcut in deciding whether a system is complex or merely complicated is to determine whether it has any living systems within it. Living systems, being complex and adaptive by nature, turn the systems they belong to into complex systems themselves. One of the key reasons organizations are complex is because they're full of human beings. These humans sense, learn and adapt. As a result of them playing different roles within their organization, they have different perspectives on that organization. What to one person is an unassailable challenge may be a routine task to another. What is a strategic change in one part of an organization may be business as usual at the other end of the building. Navigating the complexity of strategy is to a large part a matter of navigating the complexity of the organizations they apply to. A key part of making this navigation successful is to involve people across the organization in the development of strategy, the adoption of strategy, and the adaptation of that strategy to new and emerging circumstances. This should happen right from the start of strategy development. Listen to a wide range of views on the most pressing challenges we face. Discuss the range of possible changes we could make in response. Then draft the strategy and be open to suggestions on how it could be improved. All this will make individuals and teams better prepared to engage in discussions on how they can participate in getting the strategy adopted. And the third way to navigate the complexity of strategy is strategy mapping. For a strategy to have its intended impact, a great many actions need to be undertaken by many different individuals and teams across the organization in an orchestrated way. To try to achieve this using paragraphs of text can be a struggle. The narrative flow of big chunks of text don't readily translate into discrete actions richly interconnected together. A better approach is to produce a strategy map made up of discrete statements of action, goals, connected together as sequences of purposes and methods. And I've got a couple of figures in the written version, the published version of this, um, that might help understand this a little bit more. But a brief example is, I want to, and here's a goal, hit the profit targets of the business. That's a high-level goal. So I need to, here's another goal, sell products to customers. That's a method of achieving the high-level goal. And to do this, I need to, here's another goal, market products to pro prospects. Each goal is the purpose of the goal below it, the why, and the method of achieving the goal above it, the how. Having these three goals connected not only explains our methods, 
it also clarifies that one purpose of our marketing is profitable sales. Now whilst this is a simplistic example, the technique of strategy mapping is a powerful and indisputably logical way to tease apart the component parts of strategy and make sure they align and combine in impactful ways. A great way to navigate the complexity of strategy. And then a couple of strategy snippets you might have missed to round off this newsletter from fellow consultant and colleague Neil Perkin, who's published two interesting short articles this month. The first, Strategy on a Page. Neil argues that reducing strategy to a one-page summary is a very useful exercise to go through because it forces leaders to articulate what their high-level strategy is, it helps communicate the strategy, and it can help teams to take ownership of that strategy. And he points to sales forces, what they call V2MOM, as one way to sharpen focus sufficiently to produce the one pager. V2MOM is vision, what do you want to achieve? The second V, values, what's important to you? The M, methods, how do you get it? The O, obstacles, what's preventing you from being successful? And the final M, measures, how will you know you've been successful? He goes on to suggest that a one-pager needs to be supported by a clearly articulated, brackets preferably written, strategy, which gives all the necessary supporting detail. I'm not so sure about this, as I've argued in a couple of places, again, cited in the newsletter. I think that a single-page strategy may well be sufficient as the handful of high-level goals that the organisation aspires to. But well done, Neil. Interesting read on strategy on a page. And his second one, um, subtraction as a strategy, he opens this post by saying, in a culture of accumulation, the value of taking things away is often overlooked. And he goes on to add, strategy is all about making deliberate choices about what you're going to do and what you're choosing not to do. As David Ogilvie once said, the essence of strategy is sacrifice. And he goes on, and yet, so many strategies are pretty vague and specific, particularly about what the company or team is going to stop doing to make space for the work needed to go in a new direction. Or the new strategy simply adds layers of complexity on top of what already exists. Couldn't agree more, Neil. I wrote a similar topic on LinkedIn a couple of years ago and cited a fascinating finding published in Nature that... Given a wobbly Lego bridge with unequal length legs, most people add an extra brick to the short leg rather than remove a brick from the long leg. Less is more. That's it from Strategy Distilled for this month. Until next month, bye from me.